Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. I remember years ago a friend saying to me that his grandma committed some sin when she was 20 years old and for 50 years she's gone into the priest every Sunday to confess that sin over and over and over again. And I heard that and I thought, the poor gal. <laughs> and you know, I don't know what her priest was saying to her. I know what I'd say. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's very possible somebody watching this show now has, is having a real hard time believing God has forgiven you something that you did. Can I do this for the show? Let me take you word by word through 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's pray first. Father, we do, want, we do it, it can be hard to believe you forgive us because you're so holy and we're so sinful. But Lord, we do pray your Holy Spirit would come now and speak to us how you are a merciful God, a forgiving God who rejoices in forgiving the sins of those who come to you. So ask, we ask, Lord, that you comfort hearts, speak to hearts, speak to us through this one verse. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins. Let's go word by word. First word is if. And here's the first lesson. Salvation is conditional. If you confess, you're forgiven. But the implication is if you don't, you're not. You know, we hear people talk about the unconditional love of God for everybody. And if they mean by that, that God is deeply loving that he saves us by his grace, not by our good works, then I totally agree. But if they mean by unconditional love of God that everybody's going to heaven, there's no hell, do what you want, because God just love, 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 and everybody goes to heaven. No, no, salvation is conditional. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 10, if you confess with your lips Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Your salvation is conditional on Christ. Next word, if we confess our sins, the word we means be part of a church. The plural we means you don't by yourself, if I confess, no, if we confess our sins. Are you in, in a church? There are no Lone Ranger Christians. You need the church. I think somebody said to me once, well, Pastor Brock, I don't go to church. I watch your TV show. That's my church. No, it isn't. <laughs> Listen, one reason we go to church is to serve the Lord. You can't serve a TV set. We go to church to take Holy Communion. You can't get Holy Communion out of a TV set. We go to church to get Christian fellowship and strengthened by other believers. You can't do that on your own. So everybody get into a good Christian church. If we, next words, <coughs> confess our sins. Do you know what the word confess means? It means to agree with, 
to say the same thing as. The Greek word for confess is homo logeo, to say the same thing. So when you're confessing your sins, you're not saying, well, everybody else is doing it, or it wasn't that bad. No, you're saying, God, I say the same thing you say about what I did. It was a sin. To confess means to agree with, to say the same thing. If we confess, next word, our sins, plural. Here's the next lesson. Get specific. Don't just say now and then, oh, God, forgive my sin. No, get specific. God wants us to talk to him about our specific sins so he can give us forgiveness and victory over those specific sins. Um, for instance, it's a sin to say, oh, my God. You know that? Second commandment says, don't take God's name in vain. But boy, do I hear a lot, oh, my God. Well, that's a sin. Or let's say that's, that's a sinful habit you've got. What I would do then, every time you slip and you say that, stop and say, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me and help me not do it again. And if you stop every time you do it and ask for forgiveness, it will put a dent into your sin. And you know, another thing about confession, I don't wait till the night to confess my sins. If I say something bad, I right then and there say, God, please forgive me. I get it off my back. I don't wait till the evening. If we confess our sins, next phrase, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Now, that's kind of a strange statement. What is God being faithful to by forgiving my sins? How is God's faithfulness and justice at stake in forgiving my sins? Well, follow this. Remember the Last Supper. Jesus gives the wine and he says, shed for the forgiveness of sins. This is the blood of the new covenant. Well, the new covenant or agreement is, you come to Christ, I save you and forgive your sins. And when, when, when you confess your sins, God is being faithful to that promise. And he's saying, in the New Testament, I've promised many times to forgive the sins of those who come to my son. I'm going to be faithful and just. I'm going to keep those multiple promises. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to, next word, forgive our sins. The word forgive means to let go, to dismiss, to remit a debt. That's what the New Testament Greek means, to let go, to, to remit it. The, the, the picture is, you and I have this big sin debt before God. God lets us go. He remits the debt. I have a friend who told me if some months ago that he has owed this company $20,000 for like 15 years. They never came after him for it. Last week, they came after him. He had to write a check for $20,000. Well, you know what? God isn't like that. When you ask God to forgive you, he remits the debt. He forgives you he, the, the, because somebody else has paid that debt on the cross. Next words. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's the next lesson. He doesn't just forgive, he cleanses. When you and I sin, it messes up our mind, it messes up our heart, it messes up our relationships with other people, it gets us dirty. So God doesn't just forgive me and let it go, he then washes me and cleans me of my sin. There's a story of a Christian and a soap manufacturer who are walking down the street. The soap manufacturer is an atheist, and he says to the Christian, well, I don't believe in your religion. Well, why not? 
Well, your religion has been here for 2,000 years. world isn't any better. Look how awful the world is. Your religion doesn't work. So they keep walking down the street, and here's the little boy playing in the dirt over by the side of the street. The Christian says to the atheist, I don't think your soap works. And the soap manufacturer, well, I have a wonderful product. Of course my soap works. And the Christian said, well, then why is that little boy so dirty? And the soap manufacturer, well, my soap works. You just have to apply it. And the Christian said, bingo, Jesus works fine, but you need to apply him to your life. Point being, when God forgives our sins, he just doesn't forgive and let it go. He cleanses us, starts to cleanse us from our sins. Let me just share a few last thoughts about the confession of sins. Firstly, let me say this. Don't overdo it, but don't underdo it. Some people underdo it. Now and then they might say, forgive me, Lord, about whatever I've done wrong. No, no. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, forgive us our trespasses. You talking to God about your sins, asking his forgiveness, is to be a regular part of your prayer life. So don't underdo it. But for other people, don't overdo it. Some people think they have to confess every sin they've ever committed or they're not going to heaven. Listen, you don't know half your sins. Our salvation does not depend on me having confessed every sin I've ever done. My salvation depends on Christ on the cross. I mean, what I say to confirmation students, two Christians are driving in a car in the front of a car. They get mad. One Christian yells at his friend, GDU. And the friend says back, well, GDU. A bus comes, boom, crash. They're dead. Now, they didn't have time to ask for forgiveness. Did they go to heaven or hell? And a lot of times the kids say, well, they went to hell. And I said, well, why'd they go to hell? Well, they didn't have time to confess their sin. And I said, all of us are not going to have time to confess all our sins. You don't know half of them. My salvation does not depend on me having had time to confess all my sins. My salvation depends on Christ on the cross. It covers it all. The sins I remember, the sins I don't remember. The sins I've confessed, the sins I don't know about. They're all, and since I didn't have time to, they're all covered by Calvary. Second thing I want to say about confession, know that forgiveness is possible because of the cross. The reason God forgives our sins when we ask is because Jesus paid it all. I mean, now, you know what it costs to get in a movie theater now? $10 per movie ticket? Let's say you've got a dime, I've got a quarter. Which of us is getting in? Neither of us. But if somebody comes along and gives us $20, we're going into the movie. And that's the way salvation works. You know, most people think you get to heaven by being good enough. Nobody's good enough. I don't have a quarter. I don't have a, a dime. My salvation is dependent on Jesus on the cross paying all $20. Next thing to say about confession immediately do three things. Now follow this. When I was a younger Christian, I kind of was in a trap. And I'd say, God, please forgive my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. And if I still felt guilty, I'd do it again. Oh, God, please forgive me for what I did. I'd, do, I'd ask for forgiveness four or five times. And somebody stopped me and said, Tom, don't do that. You're calling God a liar. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if you confess, he forgives. So if you've asked for forgiveness and you still feel guilty, ignore that guilt. That's not from the Holy Spirit anymore. That's the devil trying to get you under condemnation. So do this. And here's the sermon I heard way back then that stressed me out. The, the, the pastor said, every time you sin, immediately do three things. Number one, confess it. 
You remember that means, God, I agree with you. That was sin. Number two, put it under the blood. God, I believe Jesus paid for this sin, so it's forgiven. And then he said, number three, forget about it. God's forgiven you. Forgive yourself and move on. I want to tell you the same sermon. Next time you sin, immediately confess it. Immediately put it under the blood. And then immediately receive that forgiveness, forgive yourself, and move on. One last thing to say about confession Confessing to another helps. In 1 John 1, 9, they're talking about confessing to God directly. But James chapter 5 says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. There can be something super therapeutic about talking not just to God, but to another Christian about your sins. I have an old college buddy, and he and I were in Bible study together in college. He walked away from Christ for 35 years. I've prayed for him for 35 years. We still talk. I still share, would share with him. Well, hallelujah, about two years ago, he came back to Christ. He joined the Orthodox Church near his, his house. And you know, he's got a porn problem. You know what he does now with his porn problem? If he stumbles on the computer with porn or whatever, he confesses that sin to his priest. And he said to me, I don't like having to do that. But you know what? It's put a big dent into my porn problem. If you know you've got to confess to a priest or a pastor, I'm not saying you have to confess your sins to a priest or a pastor, though nothing's wrong with that. That might be very healthy. But at least find some Christian to talk to about your sins. I have a prayer partner. I think every Christian has, should have a prayer partner. I have somebody I talk to once a week, and we, you, know, you hold each other accountable on your sins. You pray for each other. That is super healthy. All right, let's put it all together. If salvation is conditional on you turning to Christ, we, every Christian, should be in a church. Confess. I say the same thing. I don't try to justify it. I say the same thing God says about our sins. You get specific when you're confessing our sins. God is faithful and just. He'll keep his promise of forgiving those who come to Christ. God is faithful and just to forgive us, to let us go, to remit the debt, and to cleanse us, to clean us from all unrighteousness. Now, one last point. I preached this sermon that you're hearing right now at a church this week for, it's a church for poor people, basically. And so I preached the exact same sermon, and I'm going to close the sermon, and the lady interrupts me, and she says, Pastor, I got a question, Pastor. <laughs> and I normally don't get interrupted, but this was a good interruption. You can't keep doing that same sin over and over and be forgiven, can you? And I said to her, great question. And here's what I said. You've heard me say this on this show many times, but here we go. Here's somebody walking down the street, and they slip and they fall in a mud puddle. But they get up, brush themselves off, they keep walking. Later, they slip in another mud puddle. But they get up, brush themselves off. That's a Christian, because we all sin. Uh, you know, everybody has committed the same sin more than once. Does God forgive our sins if we're truly sorry? Yes. But then I said this. Here comes man number two down the road. He slips and he falls in a mud puddle. He pitches his tent in the mud puddle. He lives the rest of his life in the mud puddle. And I said to the crowd there, that person's not forgiven. Because if you want to be saved, we confess our sins so God can forgive us and so that we can be saved. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. 
At the end of our program today, you're going to see our website. And if you have a question you'd like Pastor Brock to answer on a future show, we invite you to send the questions to our website, and we'll take those up on another program. So, Pastor Brock, let's start off talking about confessing our sins and that. Um, first of all, my question for you is, can a person be a Christian and not go to church? Uh, Jackie, I hear people say I'm a Christian, but I, a Christian, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And my response is, is that in the Bible? Can you find that verse for me? Because you know it is in the Bible, Hebrews 10.25. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some. So here's a lady that calls and, Pastor, I want you to baptize my baby. Uh, do, you know, do I know you? Well, no, but uh, I'm not a member of your church, but I want you to baptize. This woman had no relationship to a church, uh, believed in God, wants her baby baptized. I said, well, you know, in the baptismal service, you're promising God that you're going to come to church and raise this child in the church to be a Christian. Well, I don't want to go to church, but I want my baby baptized. Finally, I said, if you can't make that promise in full conscience, I'm not going to baptize your baby. And she got very bent out of shape. But Jackie, um, we need the church. And we need the church from the beginning of life till the end of life. And so if people aren't willing to do that, I, I say then let's not play games here. Yeah. Okay. But people have to find the right church, too, That's though. right. Because and and you know what? I knew she could find 100 pastors that will baptize that baby who don't care if the, if the child is really, well, at least who won't require that the child be raised in the church. But I, I wanted to put it to her to get her into church. Okay. Yeah. Is it possible to feel guilty for something that's not really sinful? Yeah. How do you distinguish? I, right. You know, there are two kinds of Christians. There are Christians who feel too little guilt. They'll say, oh, my God, and not even think they're doing something wrong. There are Christians, other Christians. <laughs> I don't know how I got so guilt-ridden, but I'm rather guilt. There are days, Jackie, I... I just ask for forgiveness way too much, and it's, it's out of bounds. So I think, can, we ask, can something be okay, and I'm asking God's forgiveness for it? I think, I think so. You know, there are things that are fine that our, our fallen conscience might tell us are sin. Like I mean, what? There, well, like, like I'm thinking, <clears throat> some people think, if I, if I don't go to this church, then I'm going to hell. It's maybe a different brand of Christianity, but they've been told that this is the true church, and if I don't go to this church, I'm going to hell. Well, I think that's false. I think that's a false thing in their conscience. Um, yeah. Okay. Is it possible for a Christian to sin and not know that he's sinning? I think so, yeah. I, I, I mean, Jackie, I, I remember when I stole some merchandise when I worked at Montgomery Ward Toy Department when I was 17, and two years later, the Holy Spirit convicted me to take that money and reimburse them for what I did. For two years, I guess I didn't have a clue. Then I heard a sermon about it, convicted me so much, I went back to Omaha and gave him the money. So I think, I think you can be unaware that you're sinning and be sinning. Yeah. What woke you up that you had It was a good it? sermon. <laughs> okay. And the, I, I'd say the Holy Spirit did that to me, yeah. Okay, all right. And sometimes he doesn't do it immediately. You know? mm -hmm. So how do I know if it's my conscience being overactive or underactive? The best way is to read your Bible daily because my conscience, sometimes my conscience is from the Lord and the Holy Spirit's working in my conscience. Some my con sometimes my conscience is the devil over condemning me for things that aren't even sin. So how do I know what is sin and what isn't? The Bible. The Bible is our final authority because our conscience can be wrong. So read your Bible. Yeah. Okay. Does God forgive you? if you keep doing the same sin over and over again? Yeah. 
Well, that was kind of the end of the sermon, and yeah. I think that if there's true repentance, God loves to forgive. If it's fake repentance, I mean, here's the thing, Jackie. If somebody comes to me, you know, Pastor, I know it's a sin to have sex outside of marriage. And my girlfriend and I the other night, well, you know, can God forgive me? Of course, we pray, etc. Pastor, I'm living with my girlfriend, and uh, I don't think this is wrong. Well, that guy's in trouble. So there's a degree. So there's a difference between sinning, slipping, and re repenting, and living in it impenitently. Okay. Do you think a church should require people to confess their sins to a pastor? Mm -hmm. I mean, the Catholic Church requires you to go yeah. and, and, and confess. And I think my friends of Orthodox Church, I think that's required too. And I don't, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it's required. In fact, Luther said of uh, James 5, which I quoted at the end, confess your sins to one another. Luther's response was, same. he said, strange priest this one another <laughs> meaning it doesn't have to be a priest it can be a normal christian you confess your sins to but it's troublesome that protestants have too flippant of an attitude about this and they don't confess their sins to anybody but god well it's healthy to confess our sins james chapter five to another person well oftentimes too though when we sin it's because we're sitting because we're hurting someone too and yeah. to confess that sin to the person you well, yeah. hurt. There's another aspect of it. If I hurt you, Jackie, and I know I did and it was evil, I need to not just say, God, forgive me. I need to come and say, Jackie, please forgive me for saying that. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, I guess, are the different denominations' positions on confession? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. There's a difference between like Lutheran and right. Catholic and in, in, in the Catholic Church it's kind of a requirement that periodically you have to confess your sins to the priest and then he announces the forgiveness of sins. Uh, and that's kind of I think the way it is in the Orthodox Church as well. In the Episcopal Church and the Lutheran Church anyway, we still have what's called confession absolution. It's not required but it's encouraged that when you need not you know, you don't want people coming to you every time they blow their nose, you know, wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, but if there's a sin that's so, con so, you're so concerned about that you need to talk to somebody about it, that's very healthy to go and talk. So like Jackie, now and then, again, I, I wish it would happen more often, but now and then somebody will come and confess their sins to me. I put my hand on their head and I announce to them the forgiveness of sins. When I sin, I, I know I'm forgiven because of 1 John 1, 9 but still helps me to hear another Christian say, Tom, the Lord has forgiven you for that. And don't you think some of our churches have gotten a little bit lax though too? Because I mean, we do the confession mm -hmm. and it's a prayer and it's over. Yeah. And I mean, there's the absolution is to everybody and right. not a personal thing one-on-one. -on -one. Right, you know, if, if you go to a liturgical church, you do have the confession of sins at the beginning of the service, and that's so we can worship God with a clear conscience the rest of the hour. I don't know if people knew that, but that's why a lot of churches put the confession right at the beginning, and then the pastor says in the name of Christ, if you truly repent and trust in Christ, your sins are forgiven. Uh, some churches have gotten away from doing that. I think we need to get back to that. That's healthy. Okay, I mean, and too, before taking communion, right. I mean, you shouldn't be going to the communion I, table if you, you have an You, you know, some churches are different on this. <coughs> I can't imagine taking communion without first talking to God about my sins and I repent, please forgive me, and then going up and taking communion. So I, I was at a uh, different denomination once. Uh, all right, let's eat the bread. Okay, let's drink the cup. No preparation, no words of institution. It was just too 
Howdy, folks. You know, it just, it just didn't, it was, it was not good. <laughs> well, that's losing the meaning of communion, I think so. then, too, yeah. isn't it? you got to at least have the words of institution. Come on, you know. So, Pastor Brock, will God forgive your sins if you don't believe in Jesus? I mean. Yeah, I think the answer is no. If we confess, uh, here, here's the verse, Jackie. Ephesians chapter 1. In Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. It doesn't say in Buddha. It doesn't say in Muhammad doesn't say in the New Age movement, First John, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, in Christ we have forgiveness through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. So uh, if you reject Christ, you're not forgiven. Okay, I guess then this brings us to two questions that maybe you could answer. Um, the first being, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and we go to heaven. Mm -hmm. What will heaven be like? You know, uh, there's, it, it, it will be eternal worship and joy with the Lord. It'll be the perfect, you know, now Paul says about heaven, now I know in part, then I shall understand fully. In heaven you'll understand. You know, we, we have such puny brains. We're gonna, we, I, we all have questions. God, what's going on with this? Why did you allow? In heaven we'll understand and we'll spend eternity worshiping and praising God for his mercy and grace toward us sinners. That's what heaven will be. Okay, then let's do the reverse side. How do we know what will hell be like? Jesus said, and I believe it's Matthew 25, hell is eternal punishment. Eternal punishment. Now, people say, well, do you believe in a literal hellfire? I don't know. I don't care if it's literal or symbolic. I don't want to go to that place. See, Jesus calls it eternal punishment. Will people in hell ever get a glimpse of what heaven? I, I don't think so. Because, you know, in, in Luke 15, there, the, there, there, there's a separation. You, if you're in hell, you never get out. And if you're in heaven, hallelujah, you're never thrown out. <laughs> well, I guess then the last question that I'm going to have for you here, then, it, isn't it arrogant for a person to say they know for sure they're saved? Yeah. Because I, don't I, we have to wait? actually till judgment no, day? No, I don't think so. I know I'm saved, Jackie. Sinner that I am, I know my sins are forgiven and I'm saved. And the reason I know is because 1 John 5.13. I write this to you who believe in Jesus, the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So I know I'm saved. It's not arrogant because it's not because of me. It's because of him. If I was saying, I know I'm going to heaven because I'm good, then it'd be arrogance. But I know I'm going to heaven because he's good and he's died for my sins. That's, that's humility. That's not arrogance. Okay, Pastor Brock, we've only got a half a minute left, okay. and i like to let you have a chance sure. to tell people. First of all, you are available to speak at yep. churches. I, You've speak, talked I, I speak at churches. I'm going to speak at a church actually in Florida uh, uh, next month, but this month. But, yeah, if you, if you need a speaker, feel free to go to pastorstudy.org, two S's, and you can uh, watch our TV shows for free and, or give a call, and we can see about speaking somewhere. And also pray about our ministry. If God nudges you to support us, pastorstudy.org will give you all the information how to do that. We want to thank you for being with us, with us this week, and we just pray that God would be with you, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? 
you may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.